Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Friday, January 19th, 2018. On this edition of the Foul Balls podcast, we will be covering tomorrow's English Premier League slate. And as always, it's just, you know, another episode of how many Man City players can you fit in your lineup. Anyways, um, I'm joined as usual with my co-host, Rob. Hey, Rob, how's your week going? My week's going excellent. Thanks a lot for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank God it's Friday. End of the week, which means, you know, we get soccer tomorrow morning, which is always fun. Anyways, let's dive into the slate like we always do. We'll start with goalies. Take it away, Rob. What are your takes on goalie? Yeah, for sure. So this week, uh, I think both Manchester keepers are in play for cash. I'm not too high on Ederson. I think his salary is just all around too high, and he's probably not going to make that salary, especially for GPP. But uh, in uh, cash, that's not a bad idea just to go with the safe route with Ederson. Uh, Degay is the other cash option that I'll be thinking about. Uh, I think it, Man United are way too professional, and Degay is way too talented to allow two goals against Burnley again this week, uh, like the reverse fixture. That's something we're looking at this slate is a lot of reverse fixtures. A lot of these fixtures happen back around the Boxing Day uh set of games so uh we, a lot of people will be looking back and seeing how Burnley went off uh, right away up to nothing against Man United and I think they'll be scared away from uh, DeGay and Man United in general this week so I have no problem with DeGay and Cash uh even in GPP if you're going to stack them with his wing backs I don't mind that either Probably my top cash play this week, though, is uh, going to be Adrian from West Ham. Uh, West Ham are one of the top teams in the country right now. They're absolutely going off in England, so there's no real reason to avoid them, uh, especially in cash, where in GPP you may feel like you're a little bit late to the party. Uh, in cash, I think uh, Adrian makes an excellent play this week, uh, and uh, he, he makes a sub, uh, sub-5K salary, too, which is also incredibly crucial for cash. So West Ham is a team I'm going to be looking at across the board there. For GPP this week, uh, I'm going to be taking a lot of risks. Uh, first and foremost, I'm going to be going to uh, Wayne Hennessy and Palace. I think Arsenal are there for the taking. I think Palace uh, salaries across the board are far too cheap. And uh, especially for how close this game should be. So even if you don't think Palace are going to win, their salaries are still low enough where they still have a, possi- a possibility, a chance to win. So you can take some risks there. Um, Hennessy doesn't really have anyone to stack with at the back, uh, which can be said with uh, Smichael on Leicester and uh, Pickford and Everton, who would be my other two uh, GPP plays that I'm considering this week. I think both those keepers are in really good spots. Smichael has back-to-back CS bonuses. Leicester playing really well. And uh, Pickford... Uh, hasn't been playing really well as of late, but uh, Everton and uh, Brom is standing up here to be one of the lowest scoring games of the season, most likely. So it's a really good chance just to jump in on Pickford there. Even though the pair of them don't have a correlating stack in GPP, I don't mind sending them in there naked and just seeing what they can do by themselves. Uh, but my top GPP uh, keeper of the week, it's uh, really awkward to say, but it's going to be Jack Butler and Stoke. Um, so my theory this week is that, like you mentioned, it's going to be Man City week. How are we going to get Man City really cheap players? Butland isn't that cheap, cheap, excuse me, and is a defensive stack mate, uh, Bauer, who we'll talk about in a minute. But the real thing here is that Butland's been putting up GPP save counts every single week. It's just his team hasn't bailed him out enough to uh, keep him relevant in the game and uh, prevent other teams from uh, scoring more than a couple goals. Uh, so what I'm really looking for is 
the reason we can choose Butlin now is because Bauer is in the mix. Butlin never had any relevance whatsoever in GPP because he has no defensive stacking correlations. Even though he was putting up seven or eight saves almost week, we couldn't risk anything because there was nothing to correlate with, with in the defensive area to really make the stack worthwhile. But now that Bauer is in the mix, you can totally take Jack Butlin into uh, GPP this week. His ownership is going to be completely low. Uh, and uh, Huddersfield has just been playing really bad as of late. So I'm looking to use Stoke as much as I possibly can there. Uh, the last two I'm considering uh, for GPP, as always, I'm looking at Watford for uh, Gomes. They have an incredible ceiling. Uh, I'm not expecting it this week. And uh, Ben Foster on West Brom. Uh, the, like I said, the Everton-West Brom game is going to be super low scoring. Uh, so it's never a bad idea just to jump on one of the two keepers in a super low scoring game. Uh, so that is my keeper takes for the week. Awesome. Yeah, for the most part, I think I'm just going to be staying in the, you know, the range by Wayne Hennessy. Uh, the Man City players are expensive, and I think you, you know, they're must-play, as always, just because they're insanely positive plus matchup against Newcastle. So I'm going to be sticking around by Nick Pope and Wayne Hennessy. Arsenal are just, you know, a crapshoot. They're v playing very bad lately. They're, you know, I think... They're rumored to lose Alexis Sanchez to Manchester United. I don't know if that's already happened, but if that's the case, then, you know, they will be struggling to find offense of output. And Wayne Hennessy isn't the worst player, and Crystal Palace are definitely playing better as of late. And as far as Nick Pope goes, I think he should be fairly popular because he's only 4K. He does have one of the hardest matchups on the slate against Manchester United. He saw them a couple weeks ago. Gave up two goals, but that was in Old Trafford. You know, things should possibly be different this time at Turf Moor. He's also had some two very, you know, a couple very difficult matchups recently, which causes, you know, his game log to look a little bit shaky. But I'm confident, you know, between the amount of shot volume that he's, you know, he'll face, he can easily return value at 4K, even if he happens to, you know, give up a couple of goals. Anyways, let's move to defense. For the most part, defense, I'm also going to be paying down. I don't see, you know, the upside of paying for all these high-priced guys. There, are, Some of them are in good spots, but the ceiling just isn't there. Holobos is the one guy I'll be keeping my eye on. Cleverly exited last week's game early, and Holobos is, you know, the next viable person in line to take set pieces and cross and corners. For Watford at 5,100, I think he has the most upside of any wing back. If he happens to break the starting lineup, but you know he's recently lost his starting lineup, his starting position to Marvin Ziegler. Um, for the most part, like I said earlier, yeah, I'll be definitely be looking to like salary save because I I love you know Aguero and stuff. So, what are your takes at defender, Rob? Yeah, so for defender this week, I think there's a lot of mix and match in that you can do, especially with the correlating keeper. Um, the ones that kind of stand out by themselves for me. Excuse me. Uh, the main one is uh, Bellerin on Arsenal. Uh, I really don't like anyone in Arsenal. Uh, excuse me, let me rephrase that. I don't like anyone defensively for Arsenal. But there's no denying Bellerin's floor has been outstanding the past few weeks. Uh, he's going up against uh, a pal side who on his wing should be James MacArthur, uh, who good enough guy i'm sure he's nice he just isn't that great of a player and he shouldn't bring up that much of a challenge for bellerin so while bellerin will be able to make enough tackles to find some relevance alone in that he should also nail in some crosses he should get some shots in that uh, he could very easily score a goal uh so i'll be looking at bellerin in cash uh, i won't be taking a chance in the gpp though 
the wing, uh, the wing backs for Man United, whoever ends up being, my hope is that it'll be Shaw and Young, and you can uh, use both of them with David DeGay in a GPP stack, or uh, just use one or the other in cash. I'll probably be looking at uh, Ashley Young as much as I can, despite his salary. I think that will scare off a lot of people. And again, if you want to look back at the Burnley game, he, him and Luke Shaw combined for nearly 40 points uh, against Burnley last time around. Uh, and that was without a CS bonus. So I'll be looking at uh, the wing backs for Man United to do some serious damage this week in uh, either either format. Uh, Jan Matt's going to be my number one cash defender for the slate. Uh, like you are talking about Holobos, it should be Jan Matt that gets the start if Holobos does not. And in doing so, he nails in more than enough crosses. He, we'll talk about the other player in uh, midfield that you like, but I think uh, in a lot of cases, Jan Matt will handle a fair amount of the set pieces. And even if he doesn't by himself, uh, he still is going to have an excellent floor. So that kind of like that set piece is uh, unexpected, unknown, uh, could benefit Jan Matt highly if he ends up having to grab them. And GPP, uh, I really like Bauer on uh, Stoke. Uh, I'll be pairing him as much as I can with Jack Butland. He scored a 10.5 against Man United, uh, so that should say more than enough. He's very capable. He's only played one game so far, so it's not like his ownership's going to be completely through the roof. You should be able to get him really low-owned. Uh, I don't really like him in cash so much because I don't trust Stoke, but uh, I really don't mind uh, Bauer and GPP this late. I think that's a, a really tight play with uh, Butland. And uh, I think uh, Masako and West Ham, you can use him in either format this week, cash or GPP. And GPP, obviously, you want to be stacking him with Adrian. Uh, you can use him by himself. He'll be fine. But in uh, cash, he should do excellent in cash also. And uh, I have absolutely no issue paying up for him uh, in cash for uh, a West Ham play uh, this slate. Uh, some other ones to consider. Uh, I like Karen Gibbs on West Brom. Again, when they're uh, only for cash, though. When there's a CS bonus just kind of waiting to happen there. And he has a really decent floor for someone that continually finishes 3.5. So I, I really don't have a problem with Kieran Gibbs. Uh, I like Ziegler on Watford. If you're going to do a full triple stack, it's only only really an option in GPP. But if you fall on him in GPP, don't worry about it. He, there, there are much worse options than Ziegler out there on uh, Watford. So I don't mind him in GPP. And the last one I'll talk about is Congola on uh, Huddersfield. I don't expect him to do very well. I don't expect Huddersfield to do very well. But uh, he will be seeing his very first start here coming in uh, as a brand new signing for Huddersfield and uh, in terms of defenders he should uh, be the lowest owned 90 minute defender for the entire slate that's like in a relevant position as a wing back uh, so that's the only reason I'll be considering Congolo but uh, other than that I really don't have any other defensive takes yeah I was looking at this guy Bauer he was I believe 3800 last weekend and he like you said he got a, a 10.5 he drew five fouls which is kind of crazy for a right back especially against man united but his price rose almost a full thousand and i i was having trouble gauging ownership on him i don't know if you know the masses will go to him or not so i highly doubt it because of stoke if it was like on any other relevant team in the top 10 uh, i think it would be a different story but since he's playing on such a a bad defensive side of stoke no one will look to stoke in the first place and secondly no one will look to the new guy on stoke uh, i almost took him last week we, weekend when he was 3800 and uh, i watched him climb to the 10.5 and was kicking myself the entire weekend so i'm not missing the boat again this week i'm definitely jumping on some bauer did you mention Masuaku? I'm surprised this 
Feels like the first week yeah. you... Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, he was one of the last... Usually I mention him first, and that's why. No, I, I mentioned him as one of my last. I think he's excellent in either format, but if you're going to use him in GPP, he is fine by himself, but ideally you, you want to be stacking with Adrian. Yeah, I think he, you know, he makes sense as one of the top plays. Yeah, him and uh, Jan Matt are going to be my two main defenders, especially for cash. I'll be putting those in a fair amount, but uh, those will be a lot. Uh, those two will be the ones that I'll be filling most of my cards with. Awesome. So let's move the midfielder. Midfielder. The way the slate sets up, um, I'm just going to preface the midfield option. Is it makes the most sense to run the Manchester City guys at forward just because the forward pool this week is very, very like small. It, there's not that many guys, and it's a blessing to have you know the Man City guys with midfielder and forward eligibility. So with that being said, you, of course all the Man City guys are in play, but I, I'm more inclined to use them in the forward spot rather than the midfield spot because the midfield spot does have plays in the mid in the mid range that you know are viable. I'll start off with Mark Albright and Leicester are the behind Manchester United and Manchester City are the third highest favorites to win on the slate. And Mahrez's price is a little bit too high for me at 9K, and I think Albright makes more sense. He's going to see the majority of his points with open play crosses. He's kind of lost some set-piece duties to Mahrez recently. So that makes his... You know, that makes his floor kind of a little bit lower, but I'm still fine with paying 7400 for him because Watford aren't that good of a team. Leicester are actually favored, which I was a shock to see. And if, you know, Leicester is going to contain most of the possession in this game, I can assume or assure you that Mark Albright will definitely be whipping in a series of crosses to try and get at the end of Vardy's foot. After that, I think Ryan Frazier is in play. He scored double digits in his five straight games. He seems to be the only active crosser or only active playmaker in Bournemouth's offense right now. He's taken at least two shots in his past five games and has at least five crosses with a number of other peripheral stats just to pad his his um his points. So at 7,100 like Albright, and I think he's a very strong play. And then when you get below that, I think Juan Mata is also a safe cash play. He, you know, he hasn't hit double digits since Leicester right before Christmas, but he's always, you know, on Manchester United set piece duties, and he should, you know, he comes in with a reliable floor of, you know, anywhere from six to nine, which isn't the worst. And then just when you get below that, we have an interesting situation with Wofford, as Rob, you know, teased in the defenders. Uh, Tom Cleverly left last weekend's game early with a hamstring injury. Roberto Perea substituted on for him, and he instantly took over the set-piece duties um, for Cleverly. I don't know if their manager is going to change this moving forward in this Leicester matchup. I don't know you know, what he's going to do, but one can speculate after watching the end of last week's game that if Roberto Perea starts, he is likely going to carry the set-piece duties as long as Holobos isn't in, as long as Cleverly doesn't make a magical return from his hamstring injury. And he's priced all the way down at 3K. At 3K, if he racks up you know, a handful of crosses and he's bound to get other peripheral stats, whether he draws a foul or you know intercepts a pass or gets a random tackle, he's almost like a lock to hit value. I would you know, most definitely assure that you should try or you should just Lock him in if he, you know, if he starts as long as Holobos isn't starting. 
And then outside of that, Mesut Ozil is currently questionable to play. I don't know if he's. I don't know if his status has changed, but if he doesn't play, Granite Shaka at 4,500 offers some upside. He will likely take over the set piece duties, and as long as he's not, you know, a total schmuck out there, he should be able to hit value as long as he's not getting yellow cards and red cards, because red cards definitely in play for Granite Shaka just because of his, you know, attitude on the field. That. That about does it for my midfield takes. What are your takes, Rob? Yeah, for sure. Uh, who should we talk about first? Let's let's talk about Paul Pogba first. That's what I want to talk about. Uh, I think he's one of the top plays for midfield this slate. He's back. That's the big important thing to remember here. Uh, last time whenever Burnley played Man United over the Boxing Day, he was still coming back and wasn't really informed. Paul Pogba's back in world-class form, and we can start to look at him anytime he's less than 9K, and I'm pretty sure he's only 8.3K this week. So that's someone I'm going to be looking at in either format. I know you like Mata, and I, I totally get that too. Uh, it's funny this week, uh, for anyone that's listening, Nick and I don't really discuss very deeply who we're into. And this week we, we missed each other just by we're on the exact same teams, just like a, a player over. For example, uh, you're on Pereira in Watford. I like Decor. Uh, I think he, he has an incredible record uh, anytime uh, Cleverly's not playing. So that's who I'm going to be jumping on for a GPP option. Uh, Pereira, obviously, an excellent cash option. Uh, Palace have an interesting situation on the go here with Kabay and uh, again, uh, I'm going to call him Millie, Milojovic, Milojovic. I call him Millie. Uh, I think uh, either of these two, whichever end up starting, is an excellent option this week in cash. Only in cash, though. Uh, their salary opens up enough doors where if you take them and they finish with somewhere around a 2.5 to 3 times value, you're swimming. And that's like the case with Perea, too, on Watford. Uh, only 3K. If you finish with an 8 fantasy points off of him, you're probably going to win if everyone else just does what they're supposed to do. Uh, so that's a really great situation to put yourself in when you only need like a, a single digit score to really make value so i'll be looking at a million goodbye on uh crystal palace this week to find some relevance against arsenal and cash i really like uh, chris brunt and matt phillips on uh, west brom the big issue here with those two is that you can't really play both of them at the same time. They both do the exact same thing, uh, and that exact same thing can't be done at the exact same time, uh, unfortunately. I would love them both to be able to cross the ball at the exact same time and get an assist at the exact same time, but it's just not going to happen. They both handle the corners for their wings. You can take a quick look at their scores. Uh, since uh, they, they're not really, I don't want to say projected score, they're not really expected to score a lot of goals this game. So we really can't trust the ceiling to come out here in, in a GPP. But uh, even if they do happen to hit a goal or an assist somehow, with their floor that's already in place, they will score a GPP relevant score. Uh, so if you're stuck in GPP and you're right around that 6K range, take a look at the uh, Brenton Phillips and West Brom uh, to kind of get a little bit of a floor play in there where uh, you, you may not really uh, have the room for a big ceiling. You talked on Ryan Frazier. I think he's a brilliant play too. Uh, it all depends for me where he's starting. If he's been playing a lot as a right back too, and when he plays a right back, I'm more inclined to play him as a cash option because he doesn't have the same kind of exposure to attacking opportunities. But if he plays as an attacking midfielder, which he played last week, I'll be more than happy to use him in either format, especially GPP, where I think he has tons of upside against a West Ham team that are going to have a ton of ownership, uh, massive ownership. I'm okay with that ownership because the West Ham salary still crazy 
But in terms of uh, general ownership, yeah, you can uh, pivot off West Ham to Ryan Frazier, and uh, he'll still give you lots of options. Kevin De Bruyne is going to be the cash play for me, though, this late for Man City. Uh, I'm not going to really roll with Aguero too much. And uh, Sané and uh, Sterling are both great plays, but uh, I just like uh, Kevin De Bruyne's certainty of double digits. I'm not expecting a 30. I'm expecting a 15 to 18 from him. Uh, so that's why I'll be jumping in on board with Kevin De Bruyne in cash. Now, in terms of GPP, uh, I think there's a few really interesting options. Uh, the first one that really uh, drew my attention was uh, Sacco on Palace. Uh, going back to Crystal Palace again, their salaries are just way too low. And when you look at Sacco, he's playing 90 minutes as a forward, uh, and he's listed as a defender. His salary really hasn't changed. He's been scoring lots of goals. He's a really good option this week. I think Arsenal are there for the taking, especially defensively. Uh, so Sacco is someone I'm going to be looking at from Palace. I like Wayne Rooney from Everton in GPP. I think he's going to score a penalty shot goal. That's really it for me this week. I don't think there's going to be a lot of shots. I don't think there's going to be a lot of crazy chances or crosses. I think it's going to be really grit and grindy, and Wayne Rooney's going to score from the penalty spot. So I'll be looking at Wayne Rooney in a very low ownership uh, exposure this week in GPP. Uh, I really like Shakiri on Stoke. Like I said earlier, I really like Stoke. I really like Shakiri. He, he kind of has this knack to show up big against really uh, lesser sides uh, and uh, kind of be very demanding against the bigger team so I'll be looking at Shakiri at home this week to do some serious damage and his salary isn't too crazy uh, like it has been in the past week so I'm really excited to use Shakiri this week and see how Stoke do I like Lanzini on West Ham, but only for GPP. A lot of people are going to look to put him in cash because he has been a real cash option all season, taking set pieces. But last week that seemed to disappear, and he didn't have the set pieces. He took no crosses but still had, like, two goals and uh, completely broke the slate apart for anyone who took a risk on him in cash. I, I went with uh, Jordan uh, James Ward-Prowse instead of Lanzini in cash last week, and too bad he didn't go with both of them. But still, I think it's a really good option here for Lanzini and uh, GPP if he was crossing more and getting more set pieces uh, I would have no issue with them in cash but that doesn't seem to be the case anymore so uh, I'll be looking past uh, Lanzini and cash and just jumping to him in uh, GPP. A few other to consider uh, Johan Berg Goodmanson for Burnley in cash uh, even against United last time they played uh, without the goals that were involved. He didn't have a great game but uh, he's uh, still a really great option most weeks to put in some fair amount of crosses and conversely on Burnley another good uh, GPP option to look at is uh, Ashley Burns. I'm pretty sure Ashley Burns is listed as a forward, but it still remains to be said he's been playing as a winger. Uh, so I really like Ashley Burns. If uh, anyone's going to do anything for Burnley and GPP, probably going to be Ashley Burns. Uh, Theo Walcott transferred from Arsenal to Everton and is expected to get the start right away here for Everton. And if he ends up starting, I'm definitely going to be rolling with him and some GPPs just because of ownership. Absolutely nobody will be owning Theo Walcott whatsoever. And he's not that bad of a player. So uh, it's something I've been thinking about for GPP. Uh, I already talked about Decor. Uh, Mares is a tough nut for sure. I like him in both formats. The salary is just too much. Uh, there's no denying that's way too expensive for him, uh, despite what he's capable of doing. So last time this happened, he managed to still uh, outshine his salary uh, when he was priced a little bit too expensively a few weeks ago against Southampton. So I'm I'm not too scared of him, but uh, he definitely isn't one of my top plays because of that. And uh, the last I'll talk about is. Uh, on uh, Huddersfield again, uh, Calvin Pritchard. Uh, I think it is a Calvin or Alex Pritchard. 
Anyways, Pritchard is going to be like uh, Congolo getting his first start here, coming in as a new signing. And uh, as a full 90-minute attacking midfielder, he'll be, again, the lowest-owned 90-minute relevant role player this late uh, in terms of midfielders. So uh, if uh, you're really looking to get super contrarian, low-owned, Pritchard on Huddersfield is the place to go for that. But uh, in terms of my midfield, that's all my takes. Awesome, yeah. <clears throat> I just want to talk to you. It looks like Shakiri hasn't been playing lately, and Charlie Adam has been on the starting eleven. Is there an injury, or what? Is that just because of those the random FA Cup games and stuff? There was an FA Cup game in there. Um, Stoke have been uh, mixing around their formation. They've played three different formations over the last five games, including like a four-five-one, uh, a three-four-three, a four-four-two. They've been trying all sorts of stuff. And what happens then is that Shakir either gets moved around to a position he's foreign to, or he ends up playing a position that generally gets subbed off. Uh, so he hasn't had the greatest run of form as of late. And I'm not. That's why I'm not like crazy excited about him, uh, like I am some other guys. But uh, I think Shakiri definitely holds some relevance to GPP this late. Definitely not cash. Do not take the risk on cash because we just don't know what's going to happen. He could come off after 75 minutes. Uh, but uh, in GPP against Huddersfield right now, they have one of the worst away records in the league. So I have no problem taking a chance on Huddersfield. Yeah. This is just something I noticed because if Shakiri yeah, does if Shakiri doesn't start, then Charlie Adams almost a lock even at 4,800. There's going to be lots of options in Stoke this week. That's really what I wanted to get at. Uh, I think whenever we're chasing the Man City, there's only really a few, you know, we just can't pick anyone in that scenario. We can't pick all 7K players. There's going to have to be a 4K, 5K, 6K player that goes off, that succeeds for people in order for these cards to come out with the high ceiling guys still winning. Uh, So I think Crystal Palace are one route to get there. And uh, the second is... uh, definitely going to be Stoke. I think Stoke offers a lot of different salary uh, pitches where you can get uh, a really different route to open up a Man City card with multiple Man City, like three three player Man City stack. Yeah. Anyways, let's move to forward. <clears throat> As I touched on before, forward is the place where I will only be rostering Man City players. They all have forward eligibility. All of the top four, minus David Silva. He's the only one that can you can only roll with in midfield. And, yeah, I feel comfortable rolling with Man City everywhere. They're at home against Newcastle. They're by far the biggest favorites on the slate, and they will definitely score at least two to three, probably four goals. And Sergio Aguero is the safest bet of anyone on the slate. He, With Gabriel Jesus injured, he's almost a lock to play 90 minutes. They don't. Pep now does not have the – he's not stuck in the pickle <coughs> of choosing Aguero or Jesus – so he has no other option other than to run Aguero at the you know point of his offense. He will get a numerous opportunities to score, and he will most likely succeed. If he doesn't, Raheem Sterling or Leo Arsani, I'm almost positive, will you know pick up his slack and score goals. Kevin De Bruyne is the most expensive player. He obviously comes with the safest floor. He's virtually a lock to hit double-digit you know fantasy points, whereas Aguero is not a lock for that. Aguero has the ceiling of 30 points. Um, you know, he, on any given night, he can go for a brace, and that's why you that's what you shoot for in GBPs. Outside of that, you have the man U forwards, Lukaku, Rashford. The thing, Martial, Zlatan, well, he's not playing. <clears throat> the thing with Man U is you just you really don't know as as much as you'd like to think Lukaku. All the scoring is going to come from Lukaku and Rashford. 
It could easily come from, you know, a random smalling header or whatnot. So it's much safer to roll with Man City over Man U, but I would not talk you off rolling, you know, fading Man City and going all Man U and GPPs because that'll definitely give you the edge if, for whatever reason, Man U outscores Man City. And then outside of that, the only guy I really have interest in is J.B. Vardy. Like I said earlier, Leicester, the third highest favorites on the slate. If they are scoring, if they, you know, if they are going to win, it's probably going to become from a Vardy or Mahrez and, you know, Vardy hasn't had the most spectacular year, but he still scored a goal in against Liverpool, and then they had a game against Chelsea. This is their easiest matchup they've had since playing Watford the day after Christmas, but that was on the road. So I, you know, I expect Jamie Vardy to get back on track here at home against Watford. What about you, Rob? Yeah, for sure. I think, like you said, the Man City is definitely the way to go, uh, as many as you can. Thankfully, David Silva is the least... Uh, favorable Man City player to play. So we don't really have to think about him too deeply. Uh, so, yeah, Aguero is definitely my top play of the slate all around. I don't even think he's going to do that well, per se, as, as well as he's just set up to do. He plays in the best, one of the best teams in the world. Uh, he's going to be playing 90 minutes, and he's the only true attacker on the team like I, I don't know what a bigger better recipe it is for success than that so uh aguero is someone i'm going to be using as much as i can this slate uh, like you said though uh sane and sterling are both great options in terms of recent form sane is the number two guy to look for after aguero but uh sterling has had an incredible record against newcastle in his career so uh, i'm not afraid to look to all three honestly this slate and when we get out of, we have to eventually look past Man City or somewhere else, uh, theoretically. And the first place I'm going to be looking for and is my top, uh, it's tough because I don't want to play him in cash, but uh, Marco Arnanovic on West Ham is just scoring like a madman. West Ham are one of the hottest teams in the country right now. He's scoring well outside his, I don't want to say ability, but projected or implied totals every week he just goes off so i'm tired of missing out on anonovic his salary's still low enough where we don't have to worry about his ownership uh if he's over owned uh it, it really isn't the end of the world because we're not spending 11k for him so i'm all i'm all in anonovic <coughs> this week with man city i think he's an excellent option uh whenever you get past man city to other teams there is nothing there so what i consider it again is uh try to mix in the salary and ownership projection and what i came up with was the arsenal stacking duo of uh welbeck and lacazette now this comes two ways palace despite playing better as of late are still just palace they're not a very good team and uh lacazette and uh welbeck should both be seeing 90 minutes here with sanchez Sanchez won't be playing with his transfer uh, status up in the air. So that uh, opens up the door for Welbeck to come in and take his starting role. And uh, Oliver Giroud is out hurt. And for anyone who isn't really familiar, Arsenal, uh, Arsene Wenger, the manager of Arsenal for literally a decade, has played a forward for 60 minutes, takes them, takes them off, and then puts the other forward on for 30 minutes, completely ruining them for DFS relevance. Thankfully, with Giroud hurt right now, we can rest on Lacazette getting a, a solid 90 minutes. And Palace, 
even though it's heavily loaded on their opening pair of the season, have allowed the most uh, in-close goals in the entire season. So Lacazette also has one of the highest shot totals from inside the box. So, like, it's it's bound to happen here where Lacazette's bound to score. I still like Hennessy a lot. I still think Palace are great plays. But the duo of uh, Lacazette and Welbeck should make a really interesting contrarian play for uh, anyone looking to cash in outside of Man City. Uh, I still do have a couple more, obviously. I like Palace, like I was talking about. So Zaha and Palace is someone I'm going to be looking at for sure. I'm not entirely sold on his floor this week against uh, Arsenal, but he's so high class and Arsenal have been playing so poor. It's not going to surprise me. We're listening to Soccer Saturday and they talk about how Palace is, uh, or excuse me, how Zaha is just absolutely taking it to Arsenal because I don't think that, especially if they start Rob Holding and Callum Chambers and defense, if Arsenal does, just load up the Palace. Just load up all the Palace. Through Chambers and, um, excuse me, <laughs> uh, Callum Chambers and Rob Holding are two of the worst defensive, defensive options for any team in the league, period. And if they happen to start for Arsenal again, I'll be going all in Palace as much as I can with Man City. And the final guy, I or last two guys I should say I'll talk about, Richelson and Watford. I think he makes a really interesting cash play. I'm not too sold on my GPP because I like Leicester so much, but there's no denying Richelson has a really great chance to finish around 10 fantasy points, which is more than enough than cash. And uh, the last guy I'll talk about is Jamie Vardy, the Vardy party. I think Leicester in a great spot this slate. I'm not entirely sold uh, on their ability to go out and score three or four goals and completely break the slate like Man City will. But at the same time, Jamie Vardy's salary is super low. He's shooting the ball again, which is crucial. Uh, a lot of the season was issue has been when Jamie Vardy has scored. He only finishes with like 13 or 14 when uh, you get like 12.5 for a goal so uh, now he's shooting the ball some more so with the goal he very well stands to finish around 18 to 20 fantasy points with just a goal which i'm uh, all in for from that salary so uh, ideally i'll be looking to get as much man city in but there's still a little bit of wiggle room there and uh, that's where i'll be going so that's my forward takes awesome that wraps it up for this edition of the foul balls podcast um we hope you know this information helps you build great lineups and we will join you again next weekend Bye-bye. Take care.